Support for the Sponsor Pod and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey guys, it's Jason. Welcome to episode number two of the Sponsor Pod featuring Pat Neeser from the Superlative Group. But before we dive into the podcast, I want to mention this is a new podcast. Each month, we'll be highlighting all things sponsorships from sports, causes, entertainment, arts, and events. We'll be interviewing sponsorship leaders throughout the world and discussing their best practices, their stories, and the various sponsorship trends. You can support the Sponsor Pod by not only subscribing and listening to each episode on your favorite app, but sharing it with others through social media. Thanks for all your support. At the time, that's, if you recall, you know, in the summer of 2011, that's actually, there was a lockout in place at the time. So, you know, I kind of got you know thrown into the fire a bit where there isn't a season necessarily that's going to happen but we're expecting you to sell um you know you're so you might be selling you might be selling something that you're not even going to receive commission on because the sponsor may not be required to even pay it well is that right there's a little bit of that but then you're trying to drive new business and everyone just wants to know you know are we even going to have football this fall um so that was you know unique that's tough it was it was so you know i uh you know, was able to, to learn from that. Sponsor Pod, a show about sponsorship leaders and their experiences, stories, and how they see the ever-changing world of sponsorships. I'm Jason Smith, and on the show today, we're going to hear from Pat Neeser, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships and Development with the Superlative Group. I sat down with Pat in Cleveland, Ohio, to hear about his sponsorship journey. Grew up not too far from from here, from our office in South Euclid, Ohio, so the east side of of Cleveland, and um, uh, grew up with my mom and dad and brother, sister, uh, my brother still and mom and dad are, and, and uh, stepmom and step siblings are in the area. Uh, my sister's down in Nashville, Tennessee. She has probably the most interesting life of, of uh, all of us. She uh, is in fashion design, specifically uh, stage wear uh, for country music stars. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she, she's got a pretty uh, interesting, uh, you know, experience on a day-to-day basis interacting with those individuals and. Um, be going down there pretty soon to Nashville Fashion Week. She's showing some of her collection, so we're excited to go down and have some fun and, and see what she's going to be unveiling. That's fun. That's yeah. awesome. Now, you um, so you, you went to school um, there as well. That's where, that's where you grew up. It's where I grew that's up. That's where you grew up. It's where okay. I grew up uh, and, and, you know, lived there, you know, through high school and then, you know, intermittently during yeah. college yeah. when you're back from break. 
um, you know, and it was great. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, a great family um, and, and a great group of friends and, you know, some of my best friends, you know, grew up in that neighborhood with me and, and we're still friends to this day. And, you know, we all have different career paths, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you can still kind of go, you know, get back to, uh, you know, the old days of, you know, when you were just tossing the ball around in the backyard. Now, speaking of tossing the ball around in the backyard, I understand you play football. I did. Well. Yeah. I did. Uh, I played a lot of sports growing up and, you know, anything from, you know, hockey to soccer, football was always my biggest passion, still is to this day. Uh, baseball, uh, you know, basketball. So uh, that was always a big part of just my day-to-day life uh, for a long time. And, you know, unfortunately, when I was in high school, you know, I was pretretty good, but realized that, you know, my 5'10", 165-pound frame wasn't not going professional. Yeah, so, what position did you play? So I was a running back and okay. defensive back. Yeah. And, um, you know, decided to hang it up uh, after I was done with high school. Yeah. Instead of going to a smaller school, I wanted to go to a bigger school. I, you know, like I said, I knew that I was not going to be making it to, in the professional ranks, and but I wanted to start kind of crafting, you know, my career around the business of sports. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate enough that my uncle, uh, Chris Lund, who, uh, you know, was a, a, a guide in, you know, that interest, you know, as a, as a high school student, you probably wouldn't think that someone would know that that's even an opportunity. My uncle, uh, ironically, uh, worked here at the superlative group while I was in high school. I got to shadow and help out a little bit. So it's been a little full circle for me uh, in my career, but, uh, he spent a long time at IMG. IMG used to be headquartered here in Cleveland way back when Mark McCormick founded it. Mm. And that was really the first sports management, sports marketing company in mm-hmm. the world. Um, so I was able to see that there is a business here that you can make a career out of, even yeah. if you're not on the field. Yeah. Um, so I knew that I wanted to work in the business in some capacity um, at a pretty young age, you know, right? Uh, as a 17 or 18 year old to think that you already know what you want to do is, is kind of funny. But, um, you know, I thought I wanted to be an agent, a player agent. You know, Jerry Maguire was big. You have the look, Pat. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, you know, then I, you know, Again, my uncle was, you know, able to help guide me a bit in terms of, you know, the interest in the business. And he was like, well, okay, if you want to do that, you probably should get a law degree. And um, that was not of interest. Uh, After my first business law class, I was like, no way I'm doing that. Uh, But for those listening, you've you've (laughs) got to get a law degree to be an agent. So if that's a deal breaker, you probably shouldn't go that that direction. Not 100% required, but probably a pretty good idea. Pretty good idea. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, but we still... You can can negotiate with the best of them. Well, we still... Contract work, you never get away from it in this business. But, um, yeah, that kind of helped set me off of that path. Yeah. Uh, But still, you know, that was what was kind of fun for me in college was to really start understanding this world of sports business, um, you know, can go in a lot of different directions. You could work for an agency representing players you could work for an agency doing what i'm doing now selling sponsorships uh, and partnerships you could um you know be on, on the tournament execution side of things you can work for a property at the collegiate level at the professional level so there's so many different ways that someone can get involved in this broad brush stroke of sports business yeah um so i think that that's important as you you know, are, are thinking, you know, as a young person, you know, thinking about, well, well, how am I going to you know, work in this industry? Well, there's so many different routes that you can go and that you can take. 
um, you know, that's what was intriguing to me and, you know, to have friends that work in the different areas of this, you know, broad industry. And you're, you're, and you're from this area. So, um, I might be answering my, my question before I ask it, but so you chose, you chose to go to Ohio university, which has one of the best sports business administration degrees in the country. Is that right? We like to think so. Um, and in, you know, the big piece behind the reason why that is the case uh, for me, it was pretty easy. Uh, you know, just naturally kind of fell that it was a in-state school, um, you know, that had the degree, uh, you know, one of the best in the country that I wanted to pursue. Um, you know, that was the first program in the, in the country, uh, to get started, you know, many, many decades ago. That's kind of a newer trend in, you know, the higher education to have a sports management. There's program. a lot, there's a lot more opportunities at different universities now than, than even maybe 10 years ago. I agree. And, you know, this program has been around, you know, since, uh, if I'm remembering properly the sixties. So they were the first Walter O'Malley who owned, um, the, the Brooklyn Dodgers at the time, and then he moved them out to Los Angeles. He had approached, I believe it was Columbia in New York and said, you know, I want to start professionalizing the, these positions. And I don't just want former ball players in the front office running this business. And they said, sports business, you know, are you crazy? We, we don't need to do that. So, you know, he got connected to Ohio university in, in Athens, Ohio. And, um, you know, the rest is history. And the biggest piece to, you know, that program's success in my mind is the connectivity to the alumni base. They've yeah. always done a really nice job of keeping it a tight knit group, bringing people back to campus in the industry and, uh, you know, getting students out and working on projects. You know, there aren't, uh, as you can imagine, a plethora of um, you know, professional and, and agency, you know, opportunities in Athens, Ohio, certainly the athletic department's there to help with, but, um, you know, they do a really nice job of tying in practical experience, uh, you know, outside of the classroom. And you got your undergraduate degree there and your, and your master's. I did. I went back, uh, you know, the, the, the undergraduate program was phenomenal. I think it continues to get better. Uh, they made a wise choice in bringing that program from, the arts and and sciences college into the business school, which is probably where it should be. You know, if we're specifically talking about sports administration, yeah. sports management, um, and you know, I knew that I wanted to go to to you know grad school and get my MBA and do my master's in sports. Um, I wanted to do that earlier in my career, uh, knowing that I if I got started working full time. I probably wouldn't go back, yeah. and, you know, so I just know myself and wanted to, to, you know, utilize that time while I still was focused on uh, school in that capacity. And it helped build my network. You know, um, I did take some time off, went down to Orlando uh, and worked in the magic front office for a year between undergrad and grad school, which was beneficial to get me out of my comfort zone, right? Get me out of, out of Ohio, you know, experience new things. Uh, I hadn't worked in the NBA at that time. Um, and I loved it. It was, you know, a lot of the people I worked with are still there. It's a great organization. They were building the new Amway center at the time. So to see a project like that coming together and all the hard work and energy that was going behind, you know, getting it built, selling it, designing it uh, so that it's going to be, you know, the building of the future for the franchise. And uh, we actually went to the finals that year, too. So that, you know, there was the on-court success, which was fun to be a part of and, yeah. and to see. That That's awesome. Well, we're, we're going to get into some of your uh, your internships when you were when you were at school. 
But before we before we leave kind of the topic of of University of Ohio, I I had read that you that you received a certificate from the Ralph and Lucy Shea Sales Center. Is yep. that what it's called? Yep. And which is one of the nation's best and highest ranked college sales programs. In fact, um, that you know, I, I also read a little bit. I'm kind of looking at some numbers here that it's that it is selective. It only allows about a 25% acceptance rate into into the program. So tell tell me a little bit about that program. Why you decided to get a certificate there, and mm-hmm. and what what that means. What does it mean to have that certificate? Yeah, I think that you know the the title of it being a certificate, you know, really was uh, you know a minor in sales almost. Sure. You know, in that if you think about it in that capacity, but plus some. Um, you know, yeah, because it's it's pretty prestigious. It, I mean, it's it is a, a great program. I really did learn a lot during my time in that program, and it's in the classroom, right? Learning, you know, different types of sales and strategies, and you know, different ways to to think about your career in. That sales. was your law degree. It, yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was my law degree, um, and. You know, but they also did a lot of role playing, you know, where we're, they were, fi- you know, you're filming, you know, learning, you know, how to be, get better at your craft. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it also kind of doubled down on the, the business side of things that, you know, yes, this is sports uh, or, or entertainment or what have you. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it, the core of it is business. So, um, you know, it forced some of us sports management majors to, you know, think a little bit more on the business side and then also interact with, you know, business school students who were, uh, you know, focused in different areas of business. Uh, and, and, you know, we were doing things outside of the classroom on a regular basis. So, you know, your, your typical Friday of, you know, being in college and, you know, sweats, you know, after a couple classes was, you know, we were in suits and ties and, you know, working on pitching and, and all of that. So were you doing it, a bunch of role plays it, and things it, like that? Yeah. It was. And then, yeah. you know, the, the other thing that's unique about that program is that there, there are real sales opportunities. It's a student funded program. So, soliciting and, you know, developing partnerships with big corporations, you know, that want to recruit these types of students and, and, you know, uh, making sure that they're seeing the value in the program and the value in recruiting these, you know, highly trained students coming out of college. Well, there's a value to that and, you know, you need to help fund our program. So, you know, getting out in front of real decision makers and, you know, having them then write a a check back to the program was, you know, part of the experience as well. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, some real life training, uh, you know, while we were, you know, on campus. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, to be able to have that type of real life sales experience and kind of partner that with your sports uh, degree, your sports administration business degree, it becomes super powerful and, and, the skills you learn there you're using today. Absolutely. There's, there's no question that, uh, you know, some of the mentoring that I received from, you know, professors, but then also, you know, some of these individuals who are involved in the program who, you know, got into higher education after a long career in sales, um, and helping, you know, us see real relevant experience, uh, you know, not just reading something out of a textbook. Um, you know, really helped set me down the course of, yep, I, I really do want to be on the, on the sales side of business, uh, in, in this industry. And, 
you know, help kind of refine the craft uh, at an early age. And, you know, we're all always continuing to learn on a regular basis, but uh, it was a good head start. That's awesome. That's great. So anyone interested in, in looking at university or the Ohio University um, and looking at the sports business administration program and, and even uh, looking at this um, the sales center that's based there too, that could be a great, a great uh, opportunity for someone who wants to kind of follow along the same path as Pat. But so Pat, you graduated in 2011. Is that right? Uh, that was from grad school. From yes. grad school. Yep. Yeah. From grad school. But before you graduated from grad school in 2011, you, you had a lot of great experiences. Um, you talked about your time with the Orlando magic, but I believe it was seven. And I'm going <laughs> to list, I'm going to list them off here because I was super impressed that he had this much, um, experience before gra- his, before graduating, um, from his master's program. So you were in 2006, you were working with the Ohio university athletic department. And then 2007, you're with the Cleveland Indians in 2008, the Memorial tournament in 2008, 2009 with the Orlando magic in 2009, 10 with the Appalachian regional entrepreneurship group. And then in 2010, you were with the Cleveland Browns. Um, and then 2010, 2011, Ohio University Athletics again as the general manager of the, of the men's hockey team. So this is all of your experience. I mean, everything from collegiate to professional to golf tournaments to – so you had these amazing opportunities. How did you How did you get all these? How did you fit them all in? Yeah, it was um, – you know, again, I, I was fortunate to be mentored by my family members, you know, that – you need to get experience along with the degree. And especially in this industry where it's very competitive, there's a million people behind you with the resume ready to throw it on your boss's desk. Um, what are you gonna do to set yourself apart? But the other benefit to having all of these experiences and you know, a lot of people helped me along the way to get these experiences with networking and you know, hard work and you know, really staying after. Well, well I'm looking at it going, going before you graduated, you had worked with almost every professional team, you know, in, in the in the collegiate space. You'd, you'd branch into the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, and golf. Your network had to have been pretty good. Well, because it, of that, it, and it wasn't just my network, and that was something that I really, you know, continue to try and do a good job of is building the network and building off of you know your network's network and you know keeping in touch with people, you know. You know, this is kind of a fluid industry where people, you know, move to different positions in different places. And, you know, I also saw it as a good opportunity to see what I liked, right? Where do I, do I really want to go down this path versus this path? Which is a big deal. It is. Yeah. It is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little easier, you know, to, you know, do an internship for a year, let's say, or six months or what have you. And to say, okay, well, that was a great experience and I met some great people but I know I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of benefit to that. And, you know, it helps, you know, introduce you to different concepts and different styles, right? It's, Seeing, a, time, it's a time of life to sit there and go, hey, which do I want to do? Do I want to go to the NBA? No, I don't necessarily like that. NFL, you, you name it, right? Yeah. That's the time to do it in life, not when you're 40. Well, right. and maybe it, maybe that is a good thing to do when you're 40. Yeah. I don't know, but um, it, it depends on who it is. It, right? it, it but, does, and you know. But do I want to focus on ticket sales? Do I want to focus sure. on partnerships? Do yeah. I want to focus on operations? 
uh, or all of the above. And, you know, different places allow for that, uh, you know, more so than others. Yep. So, you know, I was fortunate to be able to do a lot of, you know, be in a good position with some really good people at a lot of different places. And, you know, to take something or multiple things away from each of those experiences to be able to apply it you know, to the rest of my career, which, uh, you know, I think is, is huge to be able to do that and to be able to reference. Well, yeah, when I was at this place and we experienced this situation, there's a lot of value to that. There is. Yeah. Which one did you feel like had gave you kind of the biggest learning experience? I think they all had their own, right? I mean, I think I took a lot away from, um, you know, my time in Orlando and then I took a lot away from my time with the Cleveland Indians. Um, Mostly because both of those were, you know, for a long period of time. So you're going to see and experience more during during both of those times. Um, but the, you know, my time with the Indians, you know, was a phenomenal time that you know the team made it to the ALCS that year. Um, there was, uh, you know, I was involved in the new naming rights uh, partnership that was announced after my time had been completed, um, which is now Progressive Field. So that deal with Progressive Insurance, Um, you know, being able to see that, you know, coming together, what all the preparation was to get to that point. Um, And then, you know, just learning, you know, the, the side of, okay, playoff preparation, what does that look like here versus here? Um, you know, what does, you know, what does the, the, the balance look like when you're working in your hometown and, you know, you've got people, you know, asking for tickets and things like that. So, you know, there's a, there's all kinds of different things that you can take away from that. Um, you know, I, I got more experience on just the operational side of things with the Memorial tournament in Columbus. Um, and then also with the hockey team at Ohio university. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've, you know, probably if we had this discussion, you know, four or five years ago that I, you know, would have, would have kind of breezed over, but, you know, the consulting work that we did when I was in my MBA program with the Appalachian Regional Entrepreneurship Group has been really beneficial in my job now because, uh, you know, we work with a lot of different clients and, you know, we have to consult them on certain things. And, you know, that's not necessarily something that you have to do uh, quite as often when you're working on a front office side of things. Yes, you're going to be consulting, you know, your partners on, you know, we're going to recommend this versus this, but, you know, we're doing a lot more uh, frequently here at the superlative group. That's awesome. So you, you, at a early age, you decided sales was the the way that you kind of, you, you wanted to go. I mean, you'd mentioned that earlier. Um, but in 2011, so 2011, you decided to, you, you took a job with, uh, let's see the Cincinnati Bengals and you worked there for four years doing five years. Yep. Five years yep. doing sponsorship sales Yep, for them. Um, so you'd kind of made, that was kind of that first job, I believe mm-hmm, out of, mm-hmm. out of college that was not an internship of the seven that you had. This yeah, was like, yep. this is kind of that first big boy job, right? It to was. Go and, and kind of prove yourself. So t- tell me a little bit about that and when you maybe found that first success. Yeah. That, you know, I think that I had a lot of experience leading up to that point and, and had, you know, been around quite a bit and involved with a lot of sales, but you know, Brian Sells and the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals team took a little bit of risk on me, right? A young guy coming sure. out of school yeah. and, you know, we need you to help with, you know, driving partnership revenues. Usually sales. they're hiring veterans that have some yep. experience. NFL. I mean, this is a big, this is a big money Absolute, market right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, just 
you know, right off the bat, I was put in a, in a, in a really, you know, great position. Um, at the time, that's, if you recall, you know, in the summer of 2011, that's actually, there was a lockout in place at the time. So, you know, I kind of got, you know, thrown into the fire a bit where there isn't a season necessarily that's going to happen, but we are expecting you to sell, um, you know, your, so you might brand be selling, new. You might be selling something that you're not even going to receive commission on because the sponsor may not be required to even well, pay it. Well, is that right? There's a little bit of that, but then you're trying to drive new business and everyone just wants to know, you know, are we even going to have football this fall? Um, so that was, you know, unique. That's tough. It That's was, a tough it was. So, you know, I, uh, you know, was able to, to learn from that pretty quickly. Sure um, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun, um, you know, with some of the, you know, friends that I got to work with when I was in Cincinnati and, you know, uh, got to experience a lot of different, uh, you know, areas of the business and successes and, you know, some, some hard things that happened, you know, during our time there where, you know, early exits out of the playoffs have, you know, always hurts when, you know, you feel like you've got a team that can go deep, uh, you know, for potentially a Super Bowl run. But, you know, I got to experience a lot of positive things there and, um, you know, really learned quite a bit. And you were promoted while you were there? Right? Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. I was, you know. So you must have had some, some successes there yeah. to, to grow your career. Yeah, absolutely. Bengals. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, they put put me in a good position to, you know, be able to succeed and learn um, all at the same time, and um, you know, we're able to put together some some great partnerships and um, and you know, I think some of the things that don't necessarily come across, uh, you know, as often, um, you know, when people are receiving promotions, is I was trying to also do more than just you know sell, upsell, renew partners, um, you know, what other areas of the business can I assist with? What can I dive in on, you know, that's going to help, you know, the, the greater good here. Um, you know, I think that that's always, you know, well-received, uh, in any organization, Absolutely. but it certainly was, uh, you know, at that organization. It's called going above and beyond going that's that right. extra mile, right? That's right. And, uh, no, that definitely helps when you're, when you're looking to get, you know, grow in your career and, and get promoted. Um, now you mentioned mentors. Did you have some mentors there with the Bengals coming out of college? I'm sure you had a lot with your internships, but sometimes that first job out of college, you're getting your feet wet. It's the first full-time job. Did you have any mentors there with the Bengals that really helped you kind of catapult you where you you're at today? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I worked with a lot of great people. Um, but, uh, Ryan Holmes, who's still with the Bengals at this at this time, and and Wade Martin, who I worked with there for a few years, um, you know, we continue to be friends and and uh, you know try and bounce things off each other, you know, with different instances that come up in our careers. But um, you know, I think that's important, you know, to have you know that type of a network where you know you're you're able to stay in touch with those folks. And, you know, this is a small knit industry for the most part. So uh, to be able to see, you know, those guys succeed uh, oh, elsewhere yeah. as well is, is a lot of fun. That's great. So you, you spent time with the Bengals, then you leave and go to a company called Jersey Watch. What, what does that company do? Yeah, so Jersey Watch is um, a youth sports uh, software company. So they power the back end technology for websites and scheduling and, and parent, uh, you know, team communications, um, you know, particularly in, in the youth sports space. And, you know, it was, um, you know, an interesting time. I was, you know, looking for something, a new challenge and, 
you know, this, this opportunity presented itself with a startup company. And, you know, we were, you know, pretty young at the time. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to kind of scratch this itch in some capacity, maybe now's the time to do it. Um, and they're still, you know, doing a nice job in that space. And I, you know, it's a, the youth sports industry is a massive one. It's, it's fragmented. So, you know, they're, you know, trying to, you know, organize as much of that as they possibly can under their umbrella. Um, and, uh, you know, I still think that we're going to see just massive changes and, and consolidations, you know, trying to organize youth sports across not only the country, but, you know, maybe at some point, uh, you know, internationally. So the, I mean, you were with the NFL, which in some people listening to this, they might think, well, that was the, that's like the pinnacle of every sport career, right? Is like spend your time with the NFL. Sure. You had this itch that you need to scratch, you know, and get out. Was it the draw of entrepreneurship for you? Is that what it was? I think it was. I think it was, you know, in, in kind of helping build something, you know, from the ground up a little, it's, uh, you know, they were in operation for a few years before I was Mm -hmm. uh, on the team, but, um, yeah, I think it was just. And maybe a little bit of it was that I had spent five years in the NFL. Um, I was, you know, maybe a little bit lucky to be able to do that right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to an internship uh, in the NFL while I was still in school. So, um, you know, I, I I think that it's probably a kind of a mixture of all of those things. And, um, you know. So, and you were with you were with Jersey Watch for just a short short time. What did you learn in that time? Yeah, you know, I I think you know what was beneficial with my my time there was, you know, seeing you know the blocking and tackling of running and starting a business, and um, you know how do we you know what's the growth plan and where you know because this was a, you know this is a company that's operating across the U.S. So you know what are areas of target that uh, you know and how are we going to you know attack that and were you, know, you doing sales for them i was yeah. so partnership sales and and um you know so what okay. did that so what did that sales process look like yeah so i think at, at the core of it it was the same as you know even you know just you know an nfl partnership so so you need to identify you know who are we going to target and you know there needs to be a reason why and you know the audience that uh, jersey watch had to, to you know for a a healthcare system, for instance, to, to reach, you know, was a valuable one. Um, you know, if you think about, uh, you know, young families with um, student athletes who are participating uh, in sports, you know, there's a high probability that they're going to need to have a physical, they're going to need flu shots, they're going to need to, um, you know, potentially, uh, you know, have a broken bone, you know, fixed and, and things like that. So, um, you know, walking brands through that process of, yeah. you know, why does this make sense? Here's how we recommend, um, you know, you reach this audience and, um, you know, craft a, a customized relationship based on that. When we come back, we'll chat with Pat about his role at the Superlative Group and break down sponsorship valuation and naming rights partnerships. He teaches some great nuggets, so you'll want to stay with us and hear what he has to say. This is Jason Smith, and you're listening to The Sponsor Pod. Support for the Sponsor Pod and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey, welcome back to the Sponsor Pod. Pat just finished up a quick stint with a software company called Jersey Watch before joining the Superlative Group. 
and this is the point where we transition from from uh, from Jersey Watch to your current position here, at, or, or current company, I should say. Sure. Um, here with the superlative group, and you had a family member that, that worked here yep. Yep. years ago, and so as you mentioned, you've come full circle. You know, closing closing that gap. Um, how did you end up with? How did you end up here? Yeah. At the so group? yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I had a family member who, you know, my uncle who worked here a long time ago. Um, and I was able to shadow and help out in the office a little bit while back when I was in high school. Um, so it's, it has been full circle, but you know, there was uh, a need and, um, you know, I was, I fit, you know, the, the candidate that they were looking for at the time. Did they reach out to you or were you looking or what? So how, we, how did that... we had had some conversations over the course of a couple of years where, you know, uh, it, it just kind of all, all of the stars aligned at that point where, um, you know, we were able to figure something out that made sense and, you know, was able to get started and, and, you know, start working on different uh, projects that, that the company had had and, um, you know, really focus on selling for, you know, a few of the clients that were under our umbrella at that time. And, um, you know, saw some, some great successes and, and then, um, you know, started to also, uh, at some point uh, along the way, you know, help with the business development side of things, you know, and at an agency, you need to, you know, continue to bring on new accounts, uh, especially after we, you know, have completed a project, whether that's valuation or, you know, we sold the naming rights to this, uh, you know, asset, um, you know, the engagement's kind of done at that point. So, um, you know, keeping that funnel full so that we have inventory to sell, um, you know, so I've been able to, you know, participate in that side of the house, uh, as well. And, um, and then now, you know, a few years into it, um, you know, also overseeing a few salespeople, which has been fun, uh, and, and challenging all at the same time, right. Moving oh, yeah. from the sales only to sales plus some management. management. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Called sales plus. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so t- Tell uh, tell me a little bit about what Superlative Group does. Now you do sales forum and you're managing the, the sales team here. What uh, what what do you do? I mean, what is what is the the mission, vision, values of the organization? And kind of teach us a little bit about about uh, this whole sponsorship valuation. Sure, sure. No, um, I think that that's that's the thing that uh, is unique. Is you know we have a, a very good group of salespeople. Um, you know, at the core of uh, of the agency is is about naming rights and corporate partnership sales um, across different industries, and um, we also have a valuation division, which is a key component to the business. They help us identify the fair market value to a naming rights uh, opportunity or um, a corporate partnership opportunity on a non-naming level uh, for the different projects that we have, the different clients that we have. Most of the time, we then uh, will enter into sales for that property, but uh, sometimes there are you know, instances where uh, someone just might want to have some valuation work done. Um, and you know, the, the valuation team, you know, I really commend their hard work. I mean, the, the upfront time and energy and effort that they put into really coming down to the dollar and cents of what is something worth and building the, you know, the consultative aspect of why something is worth X really helps the sales team, uh, you know, 
maintain rate on something and, and explain why something really truly is worth what it is in that market for that asset. And, um, you know, they go through a very in-depth process. It's typically, you know, a several month process to, to get to that value. They take into consideration anything from um, quantitative, many different areas of quantitative benefits. You know, how visible is this? Uh, how many people are coming through the building? And what, you know, what kind of waste impressions are there? Um, but then also the qualitative side of things. And, and they have a, a very in-depth process that they go through. And then they continue to refine. I think, you know, to, to have something that, uh, you know, maybe we used five, even five years ago is, is not going to yeah. be relevant, you know, completely. So we need to continue to update that and, and to take in, you know, thinking about new, uh, methods of consumption, you know, from, you know, from fans and from attendees and things like that, you know, that that's going to dictate, uh, what the value is going to change to, you know, in even just a few years. How do you evaluate on, on impressions? So, not all impressions are created equal. Right, right. So how do you how do you evaluate that? Yeah, so they they will take into consideration, and and I also should add that this, there's always a salesperson involved in the valuation process. Yep. So I've been able to learn a lot about this uh, in my three years with the superlative group. Um, you know, to make sure that that sales lens is also thinking about things when we're in that phase with a client. Um, but they are, uh, you know, always thinking about. Okay, the all impressions are not created equal. How do we weigh the different benefits based on our different impressions based on you know what the asset is? So um, you know the name for a naming rights agreement. Um, you know having the name of the facility on a ticket is not going to be worth the same as uh, you know TV visible signage or something like that. Sure. So taking all of that in consideration, taking into consideration you know what are impressions worth in that market. Is it a percentage based off of dollar figure, based off of how many impressions, or a percentage based off of, of impressions? How does that? How do how do you calculate that, or do you have your own methodology? You know, with that. <laughs> they, or yeah, how, they they have uh, um, this very in depth uh, financial modeling that is kind of powers the back end of this valuation. Okay. Um, and the different inputs, obviously that they it's use. It's proprietary. So <laughs> we, won't, we won't get into it today. And they don't even let me see all of it. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very private, but, um, you know, they do take all of these different factors into consideration and that helps, uh, you know, when it's time to now develop the partnership, um, you know, with, with, with a partner for that property so that they understand this is what the opportunity is. This is why we're taking it to the market at X. And, you know, I, I find that really beneficial and, and we've had, um, you know, a lot of different, uh, you know, partners that we help facilitate relationships with who really think, you know, or they think that it's very helpful, you know, in their decision-making process. So, you know, it's, uh, it can kind of help, you know, on both sides for the buyer as well as, you know, the property that we're selling on behalf of. So you do, you do valuation for both, for both properties, those selling sponsorships, like a naming rights, and you also do it for various brands as well too, uh, or corporations that want to evaluate their sponsorship portfolio. Um, how does that different, how, how do you differentiate between um, how you do an evaluation for for a property versus a brand. Yeah, I think that you know the uniqueness, and this is also kind of the 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 art portion of the sales process. But you know, when we're doing valuation and consulting work for 
um, someone on the buying side, you know, we need to take into consideration, and, and then also when we're selling to a brand, take into consideration what's important for that brand at that time and their vision and priorities for the future. You know, a, a financial institution might have very different uh, goals and objectives, um, you know, versus a healthcare institution versus, uh, you know, another industry that has a major headquarters in that area. So, you know, we have to take that into consideration when we are making recommendations. But um, I think down to the core of what we're, what we're doing is the same, um, you know, just might be applied a little bit differently for a brand. Versus yeah, because their mar- their marketing, their marketing uh, goals are different. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You're going to craft a, a, a partnership that's going to be specific to meeting those, those, that criteria. So that makes a lot of sense. So I, I get this question a lot. Many wonder, you know, how, how, how does naming rights a naming rights partnership? How does that really, what does that really do for a brand? You know, cause yep. you see, you see some of the numbers that are out there on NFL naming right deals. You know, SoFi just did a big <laughs> deal, you know, in, in, uh, California gigantic deal, right? Yep. So what, what is it, what is it, what does it do? And I mean, you, you're going and pitching these a lot to, for people to to purchase naming rights. What's the value? Yeah. I think that it, again, it's a little different in each instance. Um, you know, typically there's a multitude of reasons that a brand would invest in naming rights. Um, you know, the first is certainly just the massive amount of exposure and impressions that that property would deliver for for that that brand. Um, but there's also the the community and employee engagement, you know, and, and relations aspect. If there's, a, I mean, usually there is a close tie into the community, you know, with which that property sits within. Um, usually there's a super regional headquarter, uh, you know, that's associated with that area. Um, so you know, there's all these different pieces that that can be weaved into the story of why something would make sense. Um, you know, and each property is different, you know, you know, for, for SoFi, I mean, they're going to have so many major, uh, events that are going to, you know, broadcast that brand across, uh, you know, the country, uh, for Super Bowls or for, um, NCAA, you know, NCAA yeah. events and, and et cetera, et cetera. So well, there's also two NFL teams. And, and, and that's one of the rare instances <laughs> where you have, you know, two teams in, in that, in that facility. Yeah. So, um, you know. And that's going to dictate all of those things are going to dictate what what that property uh, in naming rights is worth. But, you know, I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of ownership to, you know, the the brand who gets involved on that side of things. Um, They're kind of, you know, putting their flag in the ground and saying, you know, this is this is an important property to us. This is an important region to us and our, and our employees and our customers. Um, You know, we want to break through the clutter um, you know, that partnerships and sponsorships can kind of create and, you know, really block out all of our competitors and, 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 you know, lead the way in terms of messaging, um, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, a lot of fun when, when those types of deeply rooted relationships come to fruition with a naming rights deal. With a naming rights deal, you've got name on a building as far as a, a, an asset, um, what else is included in a sponsorship, a naming rights sponsorship um, agreement? Because yep. a lot of times people just think it's just name on a building, but 
what other assets are included as yeah. part of that. Yeah, and I think that this is also customizable. But you know, if you think about all of the social and digital, uh, you know, assets that can be included in a relationship, um, what kind of community engagement, uh, and and you know, what kind of you know, depending on the business, you know, what kind of you know, engaging promotions can we incorporate, you know, to drive uh, traffic to their. Uh, you know, brick and mortar locations or e-commerce, um, you know, what can we do to, you know, put programming together that, again, elevates that relationship into the, you know, into the buyer consumer's eyes uh, so that they're seeing a return on their investment. Um, you know, again, but it's so customizable and, you know, you know, for one brand, uh, a lot of, uh, hospitality and, and, you know, ability to host, you know, different events is going to be more for important. recruiting or giving back to their employees, whatever yeah, it may be. Absolutely. Right? Or, you know, use, utilizing, uh, you know, some premium, uh, you know, opportunities to, you know, entertain, you know, clients or potential clients. And, business development. Yep. yep. And then, you know, to others, you know, the hospitality, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that access isn't important at all. So, you know, okay, well, how can we be creative and, you know, developing a program that really fits into what they're trying to accomplish? And, uh, you know, that's the fun part is that it's solution based, uh, selling and it's super creative. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've always just, how do you meet the needs of that, of that partner? Right. And, and I really enjoy that aspect of it because we can be creative. We should be creative. Um, you know, where a conversation starts is very different, you know, where it ends. Um, and, you know, even within a specific industry, you know, one brand's, uh, you know, story is very different than another. So their needs are different. And, you know, that's what I really enjoy is being able to be creative, learn about these different businesses, interact with all these different people, in, you know, in different uh, industries and, you know, learn a little bit about, you know, what's important to them. You know, every day is different and every instance is different. How do you prospect when you're selling and looking for a corporation or a brand to put on a, on a building, Yep. yep. Uh, whatever the building may be, what's that, what's that process of finding the right fit? Cause there's only a finite amount of, of companies that can probably afford Right. A certain amount of naming right deals. So what's your process in, in prospecting? Yeah, I think that you're right. You know, there's there's a certain threshold of, you know, how much, you know, can can certain, you know, businesses afford in terms of, you know, a partnership like this. But, you know, what what is the building, right? What what is who is the audience that's really being reached? Um, Which companies are in it, the market that yeah, are of size? Absolutely. And, you know, is it relevant to them to be involved with a project uh, or, or a property that's, you know, in the arts, or maybe it's, you know, in, in sports and entertainment or, you know, what have you. So, you know, finding the alignment in that way, uh, and then, you know, certainly, you know, engaging, you know, the, the regional or super regional, uh, you know, players that, uh, kind of read, meet all of those criteria, uh, make, makes a big difference. Is there a source you go to, to find out who those are? Or do you, are you looking at it by going to some of the major, sporting events in the in the market to see who's sponsoring those big big organizations yeah. or what what's your what's what's that process yeah so you know it, it's a combination of all of that right so we'll use different databases that we subscribe to to you know look at you know substantial business size uh you know in that region what are some of those um, what are some of those that you subscribe to yeah so we use winmo uh, on okay. a regular basis mm -hmm. you know we'll also look at uh, you know different books of lists and yep. you know business couriers and things like that um, we also will prospect you know looking at what other sponsorship activity is yep. happening with regional sports teams colleges uh you know 
performing arts complexes, you know, yep. what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, refining the list and working with our clients to make sure that, you know, there is uh, all of the people that we or businesses we would be reaching out to would be a match for them too. The last thing we want to do is start calling on, uh, you know, XYZ company. And then, you know, we find out that, you know, there's, you know, a bad relationship in the background and, you know, now we've wasted everyone's time and energy for no reason. So, you know, how do we find the fit for both sides? And then, uh, you know, the outreach begins and, and that's when we start to, you know, make contact and that's start awesome. having those conversations. Yep. So when people think of naming rights, I think they turn specifically to sports stadiums, right? Um, sometimes they're the most visible. But uh, you at the superlative group, you've kind of carved out a little niche for you guys, right? Of of uh, looking at municipalities, maybe some of the non-traditional type of sure. naming right deals. Talk a little bit about what about that. Yeah, I think that you know that's been a, a, a lot of a, a lot of fun for us because there are these highly visible, um, highly attractive, and very busy venues that you know aren't the first thing that come to mind when it comes you know when you're thinking about naming rights, but. You know, why wouldn't a convention center, uh, you know, be a good fit for a naming rights partner? You know, they have a lot of different audiences coming through on a regular basis. There's, um, you know, promoters, uh, you know, and that are that need to place media out in the marketplace to drive ticket sales or, uh, you know, visitors. And, you know, so just kind of thinking about it in that way, um, you know, can be very beneficial. So, you know, we try and, uh, you know, never eliminate a naming rights partnership opportunity, um, you know, just because it isn't necessarily a sports venue. So, you know, that's been fun for us. And, you know, we've gotten to work on a lot of fun, a lot of fun projects with uh, different municipal clients over the years. That's great. Well, I've got a few more questions before we, before we wrap up here, Pat. No, thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Um, you're super young. You've got a lot ahead, a lot ahead of you. What do you feel like the future's like for you? Yeah, you know, I think um, I have to remind myself of that. You know, I've been doing this for a little while, but you know, there's a long career ahead of me. So, you know, trying to continue to get better um, and to, you know really refine the craft uh, and become you know the best of the best is something that I you know, probably my harshest critic on for myself uh, is, you know, okay, you know, how am I going to get better at this? So, you know, really just trying to get better um, and, and, you know, keeping an eye on what's happening in this industry and other industries that, you know, what's going to be next. Um, You know, even a few years ago, if we were thinking about, you know, sports betting, that was a very different situation than it is now. Um, So, you know, I don't know if I have a good answer to where where am I going to be, uh, you know, way down the road because you know things kind of remain so fluid. But um, you know, I still see myself always, you know, working in you know the partnership sales, uh, you know, side of, of the business. Um, you know, maybe things just shift a little bit yeah, in terms yeah. of you know how how we're attacking different projects. You know. Yeah. What gets you up in the morning? I mean, what to do your job that you do today? What what do, you, what do you enjoy so much about your job today that that's why you get up and do what you do? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, for me, it's, it is it is that consultative, uh, creative aspect of sales. And then really, you know, the hunt. I enjoy, you know, the the the, the path to... The getting, dopamine rush of sales? Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes, and you know, it's, some days are hard, right? Sometimes sure, all you ups and downs. All you hear is no all day, um, you know, but... Uh, I always you know, like to say no is the second best answer. Absolutely it is. Yeah, yes, yes is great. 
but no is great and then you can move on to the next one yeah maybe it's right? hor- maybe it's horrible <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> maybe and slow nose are horrible so yeah, slow nose you know, are terrible but you know i you know i i really do enjoy kind of going for that next that next win um you know for myself and for our company and for the, our clients and you know but also uh, you know on the personal side i mean i've got uh, i've got three daughters and a uh, beautiful wife that i want to make sure i'm taking good care of Absolutely. so staying after uh, on the grind is is a big part of uh, you know making sure i'm doing my part as well got to be an all-star dad that's right and husband, that's right. right absolutely if you were listening to this podcast you know uh 15 years ago maybe back when you were doing your seven internships you know <laughs> well, i don't even know if to... podcasts were involved back they, then. they definitely they were, were. <laughs> they, they probably weren't but what what do you what do you wish you knew then that you know now yeah i think um and this probably isn't the type of answer you're expecting but i wish i would have tried to enjoy the journey a little bit more right and you know instead of really just thinking about hitting my numbers and doing this and you know you know but you know looking up from uh you know you know pushing 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 and and try to absorb a little bit more of the fun aspects of things and um and i did but i think i you know reflecting back maybe i could have done a better job of that so you know i would have you know maybe tapped my you know younger self on the shoulder and said you know hey make sure that you're looking around here because you know you're at a you're in the middle of an nba finals run or you know an mlb you know playoff run or you know you're you're sitting in a naming rights pitch right now that uh, you know not a lot of people get to be around this. So you know things like that. I think uh, you know I could you know we all could probably do yeah. a little better job of uh, thinking about things that way. Well, thanks for taking time with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, Pat Neeser, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships with the Superlative Group. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Jason. Thank you for listening to the Sponsor Pod. Today's podcast was brought to you by Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. I'm Jason Smith, and you've been listening to the Sponsor Pod.